step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Special with the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Carey. He is Seth Love. We are on to episode 9. Getting close to the end, Seth, here. We're we're wrapping up. We're, we're deep into the night, burning the midnight oil, cracking a couple extra beers, so hopefully everyone is enjoying the episodes. Uh, we are presented by RT Sports. And uh, very fitting for I think again this 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 episode here with the auction drafts. If you want to be prepared, if you want to customize your league, check out RT Sports. They have the commissioner service. So many different customizable features. That's just so it's so easy to use. Um, and there's nothing more annoying than not being able to set up the lead that you want, how you want to set it up. So check it out. Talking Heads as the promo code gives you the whole service for free. $90, $90 for free. Um, auction drafts. I mean, Seth, let's, let's kick it off. Why do you like auction drafts? Why do we like auction drafts? Well, I think the biggest reason is there's nothing worse than when you're in a snake draft and, and you go into the drafts wanting certain players, like we talked about DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin, you know, players that I just really want to own. And depending on where you're, where you're picking, you just might never have the chance to get them. Like, let's say I have the, you know, let's say I have the second pick in the, in the second round. I either have to overdraft him or let's say I have the ninth pick in the second round and he goes before me. And I just, I just, there's nothing I can do about it. The auction gives you a chance to, to be in the running for every single player that's on the board because you can bid at any any point in time as long as you have the you know the money. So that's what I like about the auction draft is say, hey, I want this player. I'm going to get him because I'm going to pay more than anybody else will for him. The snake draft really just limits you to to where you're picking on the draft board. You know, it doesn't take in you, you can't you can't bid anything extra. You just have your draft pick. You're on the board. You can only take who's available. Well, with the auction, everybody is available all the time, and that's that's what I love about it. It, it is. It's, it's super engaging the entire time because you you got to be nimble. You got to be quick. You don't know if a player with the the, the clock counting down is literally going to go for a lot cheaper than you thought he might have. Uh, you're in play for every single player, which means you don't need to wait 24 picks until it's your pick that you have no control over. So you're in the game. I think there's a lot more variables clearly in a auction draft where weirder players are going to go for a dramatically different discount snake people are you know people first of all are are doing all their snake drafts online right you know they're using rt sports and there's an adp and they basically just follow the adp to to some degree i mean you're going to have some variance but Auction is very different. It's just it feels like there's way more Wild West going on. If someone really wants to get in a bidding war with someone for Christian McCaffrey, 
it will happen. And 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 the other thing too is like in a snake draft, you're never going to end up with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook on your team, right? Because they're both they're going like they're both going in the top three. Whereas in an auction draft, you could have Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. I mean, you wouldn't have much money left over, but you could, <laughs> no. if you want to piece your team together, like if you want to build your team around three stud running backs and then figure the rest out, um, you could do that. You can do. It just gives you way more, way more flexibility, and it gives you way more freedom to build the team that you want to build. Yeah. Now, if you can only play in one fantasy league, would it be a snake or an auction? I know we play in both. I like the idea of doing both because it it they are different. Um, but if you had to choose one or you, you can only play in one, is it going to be auction or is it going to be snake? I think it would be auction. It's close because I it, we're in um well, we're we're in one big auction league. It is it is refreshing when you go from an auction. It's it, auctions are really stressful. And you go to snake. It's it's a good comp. They they complement each other so well because a snake draft is nice. You can sit back. You don't have to have your head on a swivel for for four or five hours straight. Right. It's a lot quicker. Um. So I like both. I think there's a place for both. And it, and it, it would be really painful to only be in one one league a year. That's but if for, I had to pick one, for sure. I think it'd be option be, an auction league because I I just feel like I have more control. Exactly. Me too. And uh, and and if and if I have a bad team, I have only myself to blame. Whereas, you know, I've been in some snake drafts where like I haven't been happy with my draft, and I, I really just felt it was like just kind of like unlucky. Like I, I I was always one or two picks away from getting the player I wanted. Um. So I, I would say auction, but um, but if I could only be in two leagues, I'd I'd be in one auction and one snake. I would agree with both of those, and to your point of of the stressfulness of the auction. I mean, it's it's during that time, it's just super stressful. I mean, it, it's like intense, especially if you're in a really tight competitive league. Everyone knows the 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 you know the money and the budget and backwards and forwards. It, it it's a grind and it's very stressful. So um, at the end of the day, it's still really fun. It could be both, and that I think that generally speaking is what it is. Um, in terms of spending too much money on one, you mean you talked about obviously McCaffrey, Cook, and Kamara. I mean that's just likely not the case unless you really want to spend all your money. But what would be your max spend percent on one single person? One single person, I I, I would spend. Let me think about this first. And then do the math here. Let's get a good number. I would spend, oof, I, I think easily, easily thirty percent of my budget. I, I think that's probably as as far as I'd want to go, especially if you're in. I mean, it's all relative, but if you're in a deeper league, like uh, the league that, like the league that we're in, the auction league, two quarterback league, you really want to be careful about overpaying. I know, I know, like the days when 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 Calvin Johnson was in his prime, I was always spending big, big dollars on Calvin Johnson. Ever since then, I've been a little bit more conservative trying to spread my money around and, and, you know, build a more balanced team. But, um, I would say, I would say 30%. I haven't looked into it too closely, but I'd say like in, I'd say 30% seems still seems aggressive for any one player. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, I mean, that's definitely aggressive. My number would be 20%. Um, but I'm even more conservative than you, right? I mean, we know this. Like when we're in drafts, you're gonna you're gonna make sure you get your couple studs. I'm gonna try and make sure I get like 
a cost-effective stud because I, I always like the deeper teams, the the higher um, – like I'll, I'll pay up. I want good players, but like I'm going to probably get uh, – I might be more apt to get like four fourth-rounders where you might get like two second-rounders type of scenario. Uh, now, this does affect how deep your team league is, as, as you mentioned. So like if you're in a 2QB league and you're dealing with several like flexes – you can't obviously have a number that's that's too too crazy, but but if you're in a really shallow league, that number can get a lot higher. So if it was a shallow league, my number would definitely probably pop up to like at least twenty five percent. So I'm guessing I would be in that range, though. Yeah, I I think, um, and we have a couple players in our league who go who go <laughs> definitely beyond that. But that's why auctions are cool. Like it, it allows you to to make make dumb decisions. Or if you're if you if you just have like you feel like you're right about this player, it allows you to to make sure you do whatever it takes necessary to get him. So I just haven't really felt like there, there's been a player for for me that it's been worth spending thirty percent. I I don't think I've spent thirty percent of my budget um, in years. So, but um, but it, depending on the player, I think. It, you know, I would be willing to do that potentially, but it's it's a big risk, especially we, you never want to be in the situation, and we might talk about this a little bit, but you never want to be in a situation where you, you spent a lot of your budget on one player, and then you, you know you're on the sidelines towards the end of the auction where all these players are going right in front of you, right under your nose, um, for nothing because and you can't do anything about it because you don't have you don't have any budget available. It's a it's a it's, it's a bad feeling. It's a bad spot to be in. Very so you, painful. You're always trying to balance it too. You want to be aggressive and you want to pounce on, on on players when they, you feel like they're, you know, worth what they're going for, or you can you can get them. But you also want to have some reserves available in case, you know, that there are players and you never know when players are gonna be nominated. So it's just, it's just like let's get into that a little bit because obviously it's a lot easier said than done. So you're getting ready for the auction. We got ours next. Saturday, actually. Um, how do you approach it? What are, what are some main things that maybe some action items, uh, takeaways? How do you approach it? How do you deal with the first first round, first ten players that are nominated? How do you deal with nominating? What are some of the things that you do when you're approaching the the auction? Well, it's the one of the one of the reasons it's way different than a snake draft. The snake draft is like, okay, I like this player in this round. You know who's gonna go where. So it's easy for you to prepare accordingly and to just mentally be like, okay, I'm going to get this player in this round, so on and so forth. Auction, I, I'm like, I try, I try to have like, even players that I don't really like, I try to be in the running for an auction because it all comes down to value. So we talked about Joe Mixon a, a couple episodes ago and players to avoid. I don't like Joe Mixon. I, I'm going to be bidding on him. I'm going to be bidding on everybody. If if either I'm driving the trying to drive the price up to make somebody else overpay for him or, you know, like in our league, like I'll spend 15, 20, $25 on Joe Mixon. Like I want to be in the running. I don't want to miss on anybody. So that's why auctions take a lot longer. That's why there's so much fun is there's never like, like with me, I'm in on just about every single player. There's maybe a handful of players that I'm just out period. Cause I just don't want them, but everybody else I'm in. And, um, I'm either driving up the price 
make somebody else pay more. <laughs> that's definitely or a, that's definitely a you thing. I'm I'm more you know watching, watching, waiting. You're like, come on, guys, move forward, active, move forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm very active, <laughs> and it's more fun that way for me. Like I just like being active, and you never know, like like early on, because because you, you never know. Sometimes you're in a league with players, and sometimes like w- the same people are in our league every single year, obviously. Um, but some years people are more aggressive early. Some years people are more hesitant early. Like sometimes you can get better, better deals early on because everybody wants to, to wait and save their money and there's other players they're eyeing. So you got to, you to strike early and then some years everybody's excited. They want to spend their money early. So it just, it really just depends. That's why I think you have to be in on every single player and active because you never know when those, those situations are going to present themselves. Right, those and, opportunities, those deals, yeah, which those I buying also, opportunities, yeah, yeah, which I also think is really important. Why you should you should really have your your numbers to some degree. You need to know what is probably a good price to pay, what is a, uh, an an overpayment price that you're okay with. You know, all of the players I would say going through the first. Three rounds for sure, probably fourth round with wide receivers. Like, what is your overpayment price? What is your, like, they should be going for this price? And then where is, like, that bargain floor, right? Like, if Cooper Cup fell from the fourth to the sixth round, you, you know that because you know his ADP is the fourth round. You need to have that same kind of mechanism in the auction draft, and that's done by knowing the the, the price. And yeah. It's not like you can really kind of do this on the fly in auction draft. I mean, you don't have 90 seconds to make that decision. Oh, I think he's going for too much. No, gone. Right? It just it takes seconds. So you have to have the number, and you have to be ready to, to rock and roll. And and if you have your numbers, it puts you at a, at a huge advantage over everyone else because there's a lot of players in the league who don't know the numbers for auctions because a lot of people haven't been in auctions before. You know, if you're in an auction league, a lot of people it might be their first auction league. Um, everybody, it's easy for everybody to remember, okay, this player's going in the fourth round. ADPs are easy to remember. Um, it's hard for them to equate that with, um, with, with auction values. And so it could get skewed where you might say, okay, Amari Cooper's a fourth round receiver. I'm not going to draft him in the third. That's easy for people to, to associate with. But it, let's say his, his average, I'm just throwing out random numbers here. Let's say his average, um, like his, his auction value is, is $30. Somebody like, oh, I'll spend 45 on him. And they might not even really like think about it as much. Like it's easy for people to get reckless in an auction. Oh, and yeah. if you have your numbers down, like you know, like a science, um, it's easy for you to. It's it's a good opportunity for you to capitalize on play people in your league that are being reckless. Now, and here's the other thing too: if you can really really get good in on the fly, if you're starting to see that everyone's going for five or ten percent above your what they should be going for budget. You, you then automatically know, okay, well, this other guy who was supposed to go for $10 later, and this happens all the time, right, Seth? And this is pretty much typical auction. The bottom barrel of the players that are going rounds 10 through 15 through the end of your draft almost go for nothing because people pay up an extra premium for the elite players, which I think to some degree should happen because sometimes those players in the 10th round – they might actually be worth $5 according to value above replacement, but in rea- but they're also very replaceable. So you much rather spend that extra $5 to make sure you secure Christian McCaffrey. So what ends up happening is, is that the bottom half of the draft, specifically the last 10 to 20% gets their price cut 
75, 90% sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's why the, it's a marathon, not a sprint with, with the auction. Is it's, it's It takes a lot longer. And I find that, you know, I guess to your point, like the, the a lot of the players at the very end go for dirt cheap because there's only so many people that can that have the, the max the max bid to be able to even be in the running for them. Um, but along the way, there are so many players that you, you look back, you know, we can look back at our auction from last year. So many players that, like AJ Brown was one of them that came to mind mm-hmm. um, that went for just really, really good deals. And that's why like it happens fast and furious, right? Players are nominated. It takes forever, but every single player that's nominated is an opportunity for you to get a really good deal. And that's what's, I think so exciting about the auction. Um, there's just uh, just a, a huge variance in what the player is going to go for. You know, you could you have one player go for, and I, I feel I might be getting off on a tangent here, but you could have one one receiver go for fifty bucks, and then the next player goes for a lot lot less. You're like, wow, why did this player go for fifteen dollars less than this player? They're very close because the player that has spent fifty bucks for the other player is now out of the running for this other receiver. So there's just like, it is, it just gets crazy in there. It does. So here, here are two things that, um, that I kind of do or look at and, and, um, give me some uh, feedback, I guess on a couple of things that I do. So one is, and I think we're both on the same page on this one. The first like one or two people that are nominated, I like to be very. You're active on everyone. I, I get it, but I, I, when you have the first two people, you don't know really this, the the trend of the draft. Like you mentioned, like sometimes you get in there and like it's a year where like crap, everyone's paying up. Like man, this is this is bonkers town. Or there's a year where like everything's a deal. You don't really know. But generally speaking, the first couple people, people are a little hesitant. They're a little like, okay, I want to get the ball rolling. I don't want to be losing money straight out of the gate. I've seen where some of the best deals in the whole draft it comes out of the first two people. Your feedback, your thoughts. I think that's I think that's usually usually accurate because I I think nobody wants to be in a situation like I mentioned earlier where they 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 don't have money to spend. Like everybody knows that it's going to be a while. It's a marathon, and I don't think anybody wants to to blow their load on the first first couple players. So I think that's generally generally true, um, and I think that the most fascinating thing w- with auctions, kind of to the, like that point, is do you want to when it's your turn to nominate a player? There's two two lines of thinking. Do you nominate somebody that you don't want that you want somebody else to to grab? Because let's say for example, I have this is random. I have Cole Beasley pulled up my screen right now. Do I nominate him early for like a dollar, hoping that someone bids two or three dollars? and they burn a roster spot right off the bat on Cole Beasley, right? Do I do that? Do I nominate a player that I don't want? Or do I nominate a player that I do want knowing that I might? there's a, probably a pretty good chance that I can get him at a better price? Um, so you you want to, to – like nominating the right player is, is important, right? That's like a skill in and of itself. Yeah. And setting the bid at the right price because one one of the things that I love to do is I like to pick a player that I want if I want the player – and I like to set the bid high enough where it kind of gets everybody, to, some people to freeze. Be like, so for example, let's say we think, 
um, Cooper Cup's value is $30, right? I might nominate him for $27, knowing it's going to get up there anyways. So why am I going to waste time trying to nominate him for $2 when it's just going to naturally go up and give people time to think and, and get in into the bidding war? I'm going to nominate it at $27 right off the bat, knowing I'm going to go up to $30 easily. But at $27, there's a time, right? There's a time element, especially when you do online auctions. Um, other people might be like, shoot, I don't know if I, I if, you know, 27, let me think about this. And then they have to make a quick decision. It's early in the draft and boom, you just got Cooper cup for $27. That's that you have to set the, the first bid when you nominate a player at a high enough price to get to freeze some people out, but to also be underneath your, and it doesn't work for every player. Some players you have, you have no idea what they might go for. So you don't want to, you don't want to overpay. But players like Cooper Cup that you know are going to get up to a certain point, start at that point right away. Don't play games. Nomination is very much of a dance. I mean, there's there's a dance going on that, you know, you're ebbing, flowing. You're like, who should I be nominating? Am I trying to nominate to burn roster spots, which is a great comment, by the way, especially on shallow leagues. Roster arbitrage is just trying to get people to soak up roster spots on players they may not even need. Um are you trying to get someone for cheap? Because it's very relevant towards the end. Yeah, yep. people that are like, shoot, I don't have, I don't, I, you know, I have any roster spots. Yep. Um, are you trying to get someone on the cheap that someone's like, eh, I'll get someone else later because I don't want to, like, I don't want to spend money and get this person right now. Where in reality, you're you're totally comfortable getting this Russell Gage on your bench for a dollar or two. You're like, holy shit, if I got that done early, that that's nice. But then there's also like you don't know this is where you need to feel out what's happening in the auction and it's going to change through the, through the couple hours several hours that you're doing it because there's also the time where okay I, we need to get money out let's get money out the door let's get flowing let's get the McCaffreys let's get the you know if you're in two QB leagues let's get all the QBs out um, so then there's that moment where you're trying to get money out the door and then there's also which is I think this is the by far the most difficult. See if you disagree when you're trying to nominate. I like to have people on my roster that I want, that I like a lot, that I know I have secure because you don't want to get in desperation mode. That gets real bad real fast. As in, okay, seven out of the 10 running backs are gone. I need to get one of the next three. And now you, you know you're paying a premium. So it, it, the hardest part is securing the talent that you really, really want. And doing so and nominating, kind of like what you just said. So, okay, I want Cooper Cup. I'm going to start at 27. I like your strategy on starting there, but I want to obviously not pay an arm and a leg. I also don't want to have too much money out there where everyone else is paying a premium. It's securing those elite players like Tyre Lockett, you know? Like when we're when we're on the clock next week, when do I throw him out? When it's in the middle of the draft and... There's already the first four round of wide receivers are gone, and he's the next best available. That's probably not the best time. The best time on maybe a Tyler Lockett would be when AJ Brown is still available, and people are looking at their list. Tyler Lockett is going up. Yeah. He's going in the twenties, and you say, "Well, I still got AJ Brown. I still got Allen Robinson. I still got so and so. I got so." I think that's when you do it, but it's still a lot easier said than done. Yeah, and that's a great point because timing is everything with some of these positions. 
And there's always a point in the auction where you're like, where, uh, there's a player, and, and just for our listeners too, nominating means, so in a snake draft, you take turns taking a pick, you have the seventh pick, you pick when it's your turn. Um, the only difference is with an auction, when it, when you're up, instead of making a draft pick, you nominate a player for everybody to bid on. So that's what we mean by nominating. Um, but yeah, it, it's timing is everything. If it gets to a point in the auction where, it, like I've been in this situation a bunch of times where I'm like, this is player I really want to nominate, but like, should I just not say anything? Will people forget about him? Or the, is the everybody thinking about, the same thing? The I'm be- thinking that's the best part, right? That's yeah. the best. <laughs> or is everybody thinking the same thing? Is everybody else waiting on him as well? So you really have to make that calculation. And it's not easy because you, you got to kind of read the room a little bit. You got to look at the landscape, see who's who's available. Um, and that's why it's so important to be in on every player because let, let's say you really want Lockett and you have no receivers and you need Lockett. And you don't get him because there's always that one person that has a lot of budget, too. That's why it's always important to look at the, the room around you. And if you're on if you're an online draft, it's easier to do this. You can just click on each team individually and see who has what, who has what budget available. And and you if you know the person, you kind of know their 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 habits in terms of from an auction standpoint, kind of like what players they like. Are they aggressive? And um, you want to factor all that in. It's um that's the awesome thing about an auction is there's just so much stuff to consider and that's to my point that's why you always got to be on every player because you never want to be playing a game of musical chairs and you're the and the one left standing without a chair to sit in right yeah when, so if you, you want to get, get a player win you can if you don't get player a player in the top twenty nominations I think at that point you need to start being a little aggressive and doing something because you just don't want to get to the point where there's literally Okay, this is the last player of this tier, and now everyone's bidding on it. Them, that's going to happen every single auction. It's just a matter of who is that player, who is that player left in the tier, um, you know, and did you want him in the first place or not? In my example of you know Tyler Lockett and people looking at AJ Brown still available and and Keenan Allen still available. I mean, this is exactly what I do. Is I, 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 someone's up there. I check the price. I see what it's going at. And you have to calculate all this at the same exact time. But what I also do is I, I say, okay, you know, Tyler Lockett's going up. Okay, A.J. Brown's still there. I mean, obviously, Tyler Lockett I want. But let's say A.J. Brown was going. I would say, well, maybe I don't need A.J. Brown. I've got, you know, I've got my price tag on, on Tyler Lockett. I've got my price tag on Robert Woods. I can spend this on them and still secure them, which is all obviously hypothetical. But I still need to be ready and available, as Seth has mentioned, because if A.J. Brown is going to go for an amount that is super reasonable, I might as well just secure that talent right then and now because who knows? Tyler Lockett might actually go for more, which we've all seen happen before. Yeah, I think the best deals in an auction are at the beginning. I don't know how you want to see maybe like the first half hour, the first like 10 nominations at the beginning and at the end. I think those are, are the two times when you get that because you get, at the beginning, you capitalize on people's hesitation. People it takes people a little while to wake up um, at the beginning. And then at the end, when when people don't have the money, don't have the roster spots. The beginning and the end are the two times in the auction, generally speaking, when you have the best opportunity to capitalize and get and get players at really good value. Yeah, the more, is more when consistent. You tend to overplan players. Yeah, yeah, more consistent. Yeah. I mean, you might get a couple people. You're going to get some people in the middle, but they're going to they're going to go fly right by you. And you're like, holy shit, what just happened? Um, but yeah. yes, one hundred percent. 
Okay. I, I mean, I, I love auctions. If you, if you guys haven't tried them, you, you, you know, go out and, and use some uh, mock draft tools, test them out, set up a new league. Um, it, it's a tremendous amount of fun. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of other things that we've described as well. But um, I think we've put a – it's really tough because we can't talk about prices in auction leagues the way we can and break down um, break down ADPs, right? Like overvalued, undervalued. But as we mentioned, we can go after any player we want. So now you have the framework of who we like. And so you just put your money and your budget towards that. And hopefully the market conditions, right? The market determines the price in your auction. Hopefully it's not overpriced. And you're getting the players that we've already discussed. Any final thoughts, Seth? No, I, I would I mean, I would recommend being in an auction. If, if there are those out there that are old men in snake drafts, there's, I mean, you got to experience an auction at least once. The, the, the experience is so much, so much more fun. Um, so much more engaging. It's just, it's just, it's awesome. And I think you'd be surprised at like how much more like, control and freedom you have at building the team you want to build. So, you know, definitely get into auction. If you're a commissioner, Definitely throw it out there for your for your league. See, you know, say, hey, why don't we do an auction this year and explain to people? A lot of people just don't know know enough about it. Um, so it's worth being in at least once if you're in mul- especially if you're in multiple leagues. So I definitely recommend trying it out. All right, awesome, man. We are, we are, whoo! That's the draft special almost. We got a mock draft coming up. We're gonna put all of this together. We've got a, the full strategy recap. We've got the draft grid. That everyone's been waiting for. We've got the mock draft. We're going to execute Seth's team versus my team. Let's see what happens, guys. Everyone ready for this? We're the NFL Talking Heads. This is the draft special presented by RT Sports. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowe. We'll catch you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.